Welcome to Belief Beat, a podcast out of Unity Lutheran Church in Brookfield, Wisconsin. I am Muriel. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm your host for this particular podcast. And here on Belief Beat, we sit down and we have conversations about things that matter with people that matter. Only this week, there was no sitting involved. Today, we are standing, walking, driving, shoveling, painting, and getting massively rained on while talking with things about things that matter with people that matter. And this podcast is all about Unity's Backyard Project. For those of you who've been around for a while, you know that we are all about building community among our members for sure, but also with our neighbors and partners. And we've long had a special focus on health and wellness through the Bread of Healing Clinic, Recovery Houses, hosting AA groups. Um, and most of all, we love, love, love to play. So all of those values come together in our backyard project. We've been working on it for several years. It's a multi-year plan to develop the beautiful backyard at our Christ the King campus into a place for health and community and play. So current plans include a covered pavilion, a playground, volleyball courts, low ropes challenge course, a system of walking paths, um, which will ultimately connect to the city of Brookfield's Greenways Trail. So we are recording this podcast on Tuesday, June 29th, and we can now say that after lots of time and effort, work has begun. We celebrated an official groundbreaking this past Sunday, and it was just, it was awesome. Uh, It was pouring rain, which I think only added to the excitement uh, of being there. We did a litany. We blessed the workers. We passed around shovels and turned over dirt, blew bubbles. We even got to process through an epic balloon archway. And and we were really touched that uh, actually a bunch of the professionals who are going to be working back there came and joined us, as did our talented team of members who have been working on it. It's really quite a crew making this happen. So we're going to use these next 30 minutes to introduce you to some of them and let them dish the dirt, pun intended, on how this project is unfolding. So let me tell you about the cast of characters. Roshin Stazinski of New Eden Landscape. They did all of the design for the project. Jeremy Davis of Walnut Way and Blue Skies Landscaping. He's serving as our general contractor. He was actually a guest on a previous podcast too. Jan Constable and Jane Vorse are both Unity members who are part of our backyard team. And um, dirt actually started moving back there on June 24th. And so, of course, after two months of drought, what do you think started happening? It started raining. It's been raining almost every day. But when we showed up this morning, there were lots of contractors at work. Really fun scene. So now you get to come join us on the construction site. Listen in. You'll hear all of the machinery going in the background. Picture some giant excavators, huge piles of dirt. And we'll just let you imagine the rain and the mud that it is creating. So first up is Jane Borse. She's going to talk about the groundbreaking ceremony that we had because for her, it included some special surprise visitors. When I found her, she was working on staining the front doors of the church. And so, by the way, when I start talking about guns, I was referring to her biceps, not firearms. But anyways, here she is. Jane, are you here at church every single day working on something? No, it's only because I really want this done. <laughs> and, and now, this is the last gasp on this deal. 
other than cleaning off the windows, you know. Looks beautiful. So I'm talking to Jane Boris, who is putting a beautiful stain on the doors at Christ the King that are off the narthex. Uh, but last time I saw you, you were painting over at the other doors. Oh, uh, no. Planting. You showed me a door. No door is safe from me. Oh, Jane, you're the best. But actually, I wanted to um, ask you about the backyard. And I, you've been working on it tirelessly for Forever. years now at this point. But I, I, just for this, I wanted to ask you about the groundbreaking. I mean, what was that like? You've worked on this for so, so, so long. And we got to kind of celebrate together as a church on Sunday. We did. And I was up in, out uh, up north for a funeral. I came back for this because I wouldn't have missed it. After all the years we worked on it, and it seemed like finally there's a something happening. It was just oh. great. Yes, it was. It was a. Oh. <laughs> was and the rain pouring down. You know, it was beautiful, except for 15 minutes, exactly, and those were our exactly. 15 minutes. You know, I don't know. I don't know what that means, but whatever. It was fine. Do you think God wanted to make the soil easier for us to turn over with our shovels? It didn't work really well, however. <laughs> But it was it was great. Did was you get to turn great. over a shovel? Well, I got a shovel in about an inch. <laughs> but it, I, I pretended it so was these guns. wonderful. Yeah, these guns. Got arms of steel. Was and and your some of your family came. What? My son and daughter-in-law oh. came, and I was I was so surprised. In fact, I was so surprised I didn't recognize them, which they <laughs> will they will forever haunt me with. You didn't know they were coming. No, I did not. How did they even know about well, it? Well, they yeah, they just know things. <laughs> and and anyway, they uh, they knew we were up north for the funeral and that I was coming back for this. And they came because they, and they just said they knew it was important. They that it was important to me, and they just wanted to be here. So I thought that was very cool. That's so cool. Very cool. That is so cool. Well, that's a cool way for them to recognize all the work you've put in, and we recognize it too. So thank you for all the work. Well, you're very welcome. I enjoy doing it. Muriel again here. So I got to the site at nine and a team from Walnut Way had already been out there for over an hour getting fencing set up to protect against erosion. A couple of them were up for saying hey once I promised that this was only audio though you'll hear them joshing around with each other at the beginning of the clip about their interviewing abilities. Here is Henry and Jacob. Nah, it's just audio. No, tell, tell us your name and, and what you're working on. Uh, my name Henry Hopkins. Today we was working on a tree protection. And is that, is this that orange fence back it's there? It's the orange fence on the uh, tree stakes. And, and did it mess with your work that it was like pouring down rain for days and days? Uh, just made it a little muddy, that's it. You're the best. Well, Mr. Hopkins, thanks for being out here and working no on problem. it. What do you want to add? Tell us who you are and what you're doing. I'm Jacob. We're working on tree protection and picking up some of the leftover silt fencing we had to pick up. Just getting the site cleaned up. And anything, anything we should know about what's going on over there? Yeah, um, they're just removing the topsoil to get down to the to the clay layer, I guess, and putting all the topsoil into like the giant piles to kind of save it for the later stages, and then. Then now they're gonna start working on the final grade and get in like some of the deep spots that are for like the bile swales where all the water gets contained in. Cool. Thank you for working on it. Yeah, really sure. glad you guys are here. Yeah. Next up is Jeremy Davis, our GC, who talks us through the sequence of work to be done back there and even manages to throw in a Bible reference to that parable about building on a firm foundation. 
As you listen to him talk, you can picture us standing on the back driveway at Christ the King, just in front of the shed, looking east across the backyard, which is now all dirt, and the woods and sloping down to the wetland in the background. So the site of the future pavilion is like directly in front of us. Um, where the playgrounds will be is just off to the left, to the north of that. And then the volleyball court even further north and west off the back right corner of the parking lot. So my name is Jeremy Davis, also with Walnut Way and Blue Skies Landscaping. Uh, in terms of construction sequence, uh, once we received our go-ahead from uh, the sewerage district and from City of Brookfield and we got our uh, erosion control permit, uh, we were able to get, get rolling. So um, the last of the tree work was completed where we kind of took out some of the dead ash trees and some of the junkier stuff in the back, including uh, some invasives. Uh, so that stuff got shredded up. Um, and then our excavator came in and ripped all the stumps out and uh, hauled those off site. Those are gonna get turned into mulch. Um, so that went to a site where a guy has a big giant tub grinder and we'll, we'll turn it into shredded cool. hardwood, hardwood mulch that's later sold. Um, cool note is that some of the ash logs that we took off site, we actually debarked them and used them as a trellis at the Walnut Way Center. What? Um, that's down in awesome. Milwaukee, yep, so that's going to hold up the grapevines that we got um, from the Horner Aglers, uh, you know, 18, 20 years ago. <laughs> so, I um, love it. Yeah, so uh, basically now what, what the excavator is doing is he's stripping the topsoil and he's storing it in large piles that can later uh, be spread back out onto the site. Um, and his objective is to find some heavier clay soils to then use as the foundation for the structures, um, particularly the pavilion in this case, since the garage has been phased out. So you um, need special soil underneath the pavilion? Yeah, so we, isn't there a parable about uh, about uh, some good soil yeah about absolutely about all kinds putting, of different good soil putting your putting your foundation on different things different oh from foundation yes yeah so that's uh that's important so that's that's what uh they're working on now so he'll place the clay soils um and then roll compact it um so that it forms a, a sturdy base then the footings will be dug and then the uh, floor of the pavilion will be poured cool and you've um, already marked off where that will be right yep, yep. so that's that those four stakes and then the stuff farther down is the, the actually the one of the ditch rain gardens that's designed to collect water from the site awesome. um so yeah and so uh, grading yep and then, erosion control was put in so you see that black uh fence around the perimeter that's what's called silt fence that's designed to trap uh any sediment that's trying to run off the site. So let's say we get a heavy rain, mm -hmm. that rain's gonna pick up a lot of this loose soil um, and try to run downhill, and then that would go into the wetland. And um, obviously we don't want that to happen because then you know, you've just got mud everywhere and sediment uh, clogs uh, waterways and um, you know, all kinds of bad stuff. So, the, so the this purpose, will protect against the Yeah, so it's the intention is to allow water to go if it needs to, but keep the sediment on the site. Okay. Um, so I just trying to make sure I got straight in my head the order. So they're moving a bunch of dirt. They're going to build a clay foundation for the pavilion. Yep. Then the footing, then the concrete pour. Yep. yep. Then what happens? Uh, then from there, um, we're going to continue with uh, installation of the site plumbing. So 
uh, underground there will be uh, drain tiles that will drain into some of the, the rain gardens. Um, the drain tiles will also connect to the gutters on the pavilion roof. Uh, they'll run under the playground, they'll run under the volleyball court so that there's actual drainage. Um, basically when you, when you dig a giant hole and put two feet of wood chips in it for the playground then that could potentially just hold a bunch of water. Um, and so the idea is that the drain tile would allow that water to go somewhere um, okay. lower to a lower point in the site into the rain garden. Um, so same thing with the volleyball court. Um, instead of you know playing in soupy sand, you know you'll have a, a nice Good dry drainage. layer up top. You know so you can dive in and you know spike the ball <laughs> for the winning. We'll sign you up for the, the first match. Goal, yeah. And then do the pads go in? last or does the playground go last uh so i guess the the main thing we want to think about is uh uphill downhill um and construction sequence we want to protect stuff that's that's finished quality um so first step is going to be more of the hardscaping stuff so the the concrete pathways and um the spardust pathways and then we would move into um the other features uh, being the playground and uh, and then landscaping. So yeah, we'll kind of see how it plays out, but we don't want to put anything in and then have it ruined by construction activities, uh, but we want to get it in as fast as possible so that we don't just have bare soil continuing to get eroded. So if you look at the volleyball courts, they're actually kind of, or the volleyball court, it's kind of uphill and tucked away from everything else so we're thinking about potentially you know getting getting the volleyball court in pretty early okay. uh, just because it's kind of out of the way of, of everything else um, such a delicate dance of managing all the different parts and different yep. contractors and because yep, yep. you're basically like the gc right correct yep. cool well thank you jerry for everything that you're doing and so fun to see dirt moving back here those of you that are listening there is a i don't even know what that machine is called what is that jeremy that's an excavator an excavator there's a giant excavator hauling dirt around the backyard i've always wanted to drive one of those i'll talk to uh talk to justin he might let you uh i'll, let you know. <laughs> I'll settle for watching it for the moment but thanks for everything you're doing and yep. uh we will pray for you guys as you work too. appreciate it thank you very much as Jeremy says, there are a lot of different parts to the project, but the biggest components, both price-wise and in terms of the sight lines, are the pavilion and the playground. So here's Jan Constable. He's the Unity member who led the effort to research and order playground equipment. He and I were talking as we walked around, checking out the progress in the backyard, but you'll hear us move indoors partway through when a bunch of huge trucks started up nearby us. I'll just throw out to how incredibly grateful we are to him and that entire backyard team. They have put in hours and hours and hours, years into this project on all of our behalf. And that is Sheila Schreiber, Barb Hemmingson, Irene Sikora, Wayne Higgins, Jan Constable, Harlan Miller, Paul Carrolls, and Jane Borst. But here's Jan filling us in on the playground. Hi, that's Jan Constable. And as part of the team, we all had different things to work on and I was given the playground equipment to order. Very important job. Very important job. I don't yeah. know why we're giving it to you, Jan. <laughs> Much too important for me, yes. <laughs> so you were in charge of playground equipment and um, tell us what, what you guys selected. And I, um, <clears throat> When I was given the, uh, the job, I talked to local manufacturers and sales groups for uh, the playground equipment 
and then sent for catalogs from uh, organizations that weren't in our area. And after looking through those catalogs, <coughs> it uh, came clear that playground sets are made for different age groups. So as sure. an example, two to five and five to 12. And so we took a look at uh, all the different age groups and what was available and what type of equipment. Um, and I, off of all the catalogs and organizations I talked to, I selected four playground sets for ages two to five and four for ages five to 12. So you, you picked four options, four options for two to five and, and four options for five to 12. Right. And then I met with uh, four families from Christ the King and four families from Cross of Life who had small children or within those age groups. Mm -hmm. And we talked about each one of the sets. So as, as an example, the two to five, we talked through the four sets that we thought would be good for the, for the backyard and uh, all the different activities that the kids could play on and what it was made of. And, the uh, all four families chose the same playgrounds. So Great. It was yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, you would think each one would pick a different one of the four. And even the kids that were there, they had to vote, and they all chose the same one. Brilliant. So that it's called all in. Um, it's all plastic. Um, has eleven different activities that the kids can can play with. Fun. And we did the same for the the older kids, the five to twelve. Mm -hmm. And again, all the families chose the same. <laughs> It's the same Great. playground set, uh, just unbelievable. Um, and that has, that, that's more uh, metal and uh, ropes and uh, plastic. Okay. And it's more of a, rather than a typical swing set, this is more of a challenge. It's how do I get from point A to point B? What do I have to climb through, climb over, climb around, climb, whatever, and, you know, hang on and, and uh, the, uh, I could think of some Unity kids who could use a challenge. Yeah. Cool, okay. So that, uh, we had the four sets, uh, or I'm sorry, the, the two that were chosen, and we chose all the different colors. We did, the committee decided to go with natural colors of green and brown, so it fits into the landscape mm -hmm. that we have in the backyard. Okay. Um, those uh, sets should be arriving um, in July. The smaller one, the ages two to five, uh, we're going to ask for volunteers to help put together. Uh, the larger one uh, has to be put together by professionals, otherwise it voids the warranty, warranty. on equipment. Okay. And both sets have good warranty, uh, different levels for metal or plastic or ropes or whatever, but okay. they all have very good warranties. Awesome. And so any of you who are listening, we're going to call on you in July to help us. Yeah, put it together. <laughs> good Lord willing, July. Yeah. Help us and put that in. Hopefully cool. there are good instructions. <laughs> and hopefully they come with good instructions. Yeah. Oh, Jan, well, thank you so much for all the work you put into this. Mm. I mean, taking the time to like check with all those different families, families from both campuses, mm. make sure it's the right fit. And wow, I don't wonder if God was meddling a little bit, Probably getting was. everybody to pick the same one. That doesn't mm. happen that often, but cool. Well, we really look forward to no, no seeing kids on those playgrounds. Yeah, great. Thanks, Jen. Good. One last conversation to share with you all. This is Roisin. Uh, her and her team were in charge of the design. Their part is mostly finished now, but we had a huge advantage in that she knew Blue Skies Landscaping well and already had worked with them, so she could collaborate with them during the planning as well as with our backyard team. She's going to 
fill us in on some of the details of the project, and then she ends with just some gentle advice to us as the construction phase of the project unfolds. Well, I am Roisin Stachinsky, and I am the owner and landscape architect with New Eden Landscape Architecture. So I got involved in the project through an invitation from Blue Skies and Walnut Way as um, someone that could team up with them and work on the project. So um, I was sort of phase one, so I was the design phase. And I worked independently of them, but um, knowing they were potentially the person installing the project. So I engage, I was engaged by Unity Lutheran, and I uh, um, started working with them on design in 2019, um, early 2019. So we had gone through... Um, one, of, uh, one of the reasons why... Um, I work with church groups is that I have the ability to work with large groups of people and decision makers, helping people come to consensus. <laughs> That's no small task. <laughs> with the diverse, you know, knowledges, different um, people are come from different backgrounds and there's a lot of talent in a group. So you learn how to leverage that in the process, you know, and being able to have um, the, the group, the church group was actually very well organized already. So they already had done their homework. They had areas that they were helping focus on, and that was really helpful. The other thing is when you're working with groups is to educate about the decision-making process and give the stakeholders enough information that they can make decisions. And with that is having patience to go through the process because it's more valuable in the end when you realize everybody's on board, everybody knows what's going on, and they make decisions they feel confident about. We love that you have brought those skills, and you're right, our backyard team has been phenomenal. And I love that we have just a woman-owned company working on this. But um, let's see, tell us a little bit about some of the details of the project. So... I, I heard it was quite a process working on the pavilion, which will be like a covered hangout area for eating and worship and partying and everything. And and so I heard it was quite a process matching like the roofing to the downspouts to the gutters. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, people don't realize how many decisions have to be made. You know, that's half the design processes, making judgments and picking things. So again, because, um, you know, we were a diverse group of people, um, everybody had to get um, informed on all the pieces and parts that the pavilion had and then what was important and and what preferences were more desirable. So um, the vendor was really helpful. So by going with a product that is pre-engineered and pre-designed, all these decisions are somewhat set up for us. So they already have, you know, an array of colors and materials to pick from. And the key for us was that we had a comprehensive design. We weren't just designing a pavilion and then designing a garage. Everything had to kind of coordinate together. So that's where I help the group 
see that and understand. So picking the roof color was important because we were looking at the church itself. And of course, I saw the copper roof. So I was leaning toward a certain color, but then someone else had a different perspective. So we looked at all the different options there and then they picked the color in the end which was kind of a green color kind of filigree color then uh, i was picking the wood colors and so we had samples there as well and being during the time of covid we were trying to do this virtually which was interesting because i had the samples with me and then the what you see on the screen is different than what you see you know, sitting on your desk. So then we had some samples sent to the church so they could see real samples. And Pastor John was holding the samples up to the camera. It was it was pretty funny. <laughs> so, I think I remember um, driving those samples across town, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. And gutters? What do you what on earth is there to decide about gutters? Well the now the vendor has the gutter. They they have us use a round shape gutter okay. so the gutter itself was picked out but the decision was made is we didn't want water sheeting down on people and then splashing while they're sitting there which you know depending on what's happening they could someone could be close to the outer wall and then the water would be splashing so we opted for the gutter thing well the gutters come in colors and so do you match the bottom of the structure or do you match the roof what did so you decide <sighs> I think we matched the column, the wood. Okay. Because the columns okay. come down and they're closest to the wood. Yep. Okay. So so that you know so we had to do that virtually, and then I did, I um, worked out a detail for that the gutters would be buried so you wouldn't trip over them as readily, so oh, they go smart. down through the concrete slab and then underground connect to a drain tile and that connects to the drainage system that the engineer designed. Right. And then it sounded like uh, a lot of the other planning involved was around managing water flow. So, mm -hmm. so tell us about, because then the city, the city required certain swales and water retention elements, right? How did that right. all work? Well, that is a requirement that, is comes down from the state level to the municipality. So if you are disturbing more than an acre, then you're required to manage the water runoff and so many gallons of water. So it isn't all racing to the streams and the swamps and so on. So the property is adjacent to wetlands. So that raises a flag right away, like the water's going to get to the wetland faster. Right. So by designing a system that detains the water, holds it back, and slows down how much water is racing toward the stream after a rain event, then the um, that's what they want. So we wanted to avoid having pipes underground and do it on the surface through rain gardens and biofiltration basins. So the engineers did their calculations to come up with an estimate of how many gallons we had to manage based on the size of the property, how much of the property is paved and how much of it was green. 
So that ratio determines how much you're managing and where. So our little rain gardens are strategically located to capture the water. And then the water goes into those places, slows down, and then seeps into the ground. And when you say so, a rain garden, Roisin, what what is that? A rain garden is a depression that has a certain depth of this special soil mix that can hold more water than regular soil. So it's a little more granular, has a little more air space in it. So when the water gets into that basin, it'll either drain across the lawn or an area or come there via a pipe. And then the water goes into there and then the soil absorbs it. And there's a certain capacity. It's kind of like a pond filled with dirt, but it has a certain capacity to hold so much water for a period of time. And then we put plants in there because the plants will absorb the water as well. So we're reducing the amount of water that's racing to the rivers. And then the water gets cleaned at the same time. Brilliant. Oh, right. And I know that's a big deal in Brookfield. Mm-hmm. There's so much, oh, yeah. They're right very on particular. Yeah. <laughs> especially on the edge of a wetland. Mm-hmm. And so what does the city expect from us, Roisin, in terms of re-landscaping after the building is complete? Well, they want to make sure all the surfaces are vegetated that are not paved. So our paved areas are the playground area, the buildings, the sidewalks, the paths, the volleyball. Those are all going to be covered with some kind of paved or material. Right. Then anything that's just plain dirt would either be a lawn or a prairie or a planting bed with mulches. So that um, that also is considered absorbing water. So the more lawn area or vegetated area you have, the better. And that allows, that also calculates into your stormwater management. I've got one more question for you. Because isn't the whole space that the pavilion's going to be on, on a slope? <laughs> yeah. How is that? How is that even possible, Roshi? Well, the survey in reality also tells us that 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 we have about a five percent slope across the lawn it doesn't feel like it when you're just walking it because it might feel flatter in some areas but it does have a slope to it now for um ada you know handicap accessibility you need to have it at two percent Okay. 2% is desirable because it still sheds water at a relatively good pace, but it's also safe to walk on. So the floor of the pavilion's at 2%, but the actual lawn is at 5%. So that's why we had to create sort of a platform for it. And is the and retaining then, wall part of that, or how does that work? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I could have just sloped it down, but it wouldn't have been a very safe situation because the floor of the pavilion slopes down to the end where the walls are. And then someone could roll down and go, you know, down the slope and keep going. So by creating that platform, it gives the area around the pavilion more room. And then um, and then it's a safe way to get down from the end of the pavilion. I know we really want that to be a space where all different kinds of folks can gather together. So that mm-hmm. sounds like an important element. Thanks for all the work you've put in, Roisin. Oh, you're welcome. I, 
Well, we, we certainly all had a challenging year, you know, trying to work as a cohesive team, use all the communication tools that we had and, you know, and then working through the complexities of all the agencies that had to approve everything. It was an interesting year. (laughs) Well, it's so fun to see dirt moving back there and, Mm -hmm. you know, get excited about the fruition of long hoped for dreams. So thanks for your part in that. Well, um, the pro this is a good like thing for people watching the progress to understand so the psychology of construction for a client group is that the initial start is very euphoric and exciting you know you finally the equipment shows up the ground gets broken and a lot of stuff gets moved around and then it gets a little scary because a lot of stuff is moving around and it's like a a disaster zone for a while but then things start to settle out but then they're going to be working on a lot of little stuff that you don't notice so it feels like progress has slowed down and yet stuff is happening you know it could be trenching and wiring and you know just kind of putsy stuff that seems like it's taking a while and then it feels like the project is kind of moving along slowly And then there's also a lot of items that they may not make decisions on. They kind of defer them because they want to make progress and, you know, maybe a decision wasn't ready to be made. So then you get toward the end, and then I call it the phase of the, um, the deferred items. Suddenly they all come back to haunt you. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to make a decision. You have to wrap it up and... And so then once you get through that phase, then it concludes very quickly and everything's done and clean and bright and ready for you to use. So it's sort of, you go up the hill, you hit the point right away, and then you start sliding down the hill. Then you hit that valley and then it comes right back up again. Well, that sounds like a good practice in patience and trust, which um, our faith has a lot to say about. So we'll hope we can... Thank you for the heads up on the phases, and we'll see if we can handle yeah. all of that with as much yeah, grace think, as we can muster. I think there's a lot that could be applied to the, th- you know, the thinking and the experience. Great to hear from all those people. So thanks again to Jane, to Jan, Roisin, Jeremy, Henry, and Jacob. And I'll just add before we sign off that over 300 families have contributed to this project. That is such a cool act of generosity and trust in the future of our church. And we got a huge boost from the Siebert Lutheran Foundation. They gave us a $69,000 matching grant fund. Those are both huge, and we so appreciate all of those gifts. People are contributing both by one-time gifts and three-year pledges. Those pledges are still coming in. We'll continue to through May of 2022. In the meantime, we just secured a bridge loan of $150,000 which can go as long as two years as people finish making their pledges. It's at a 3.75 interest rate. And actually, we were able to renegotiate our mortgage as we got that loan, so we no longer have any interest rate risk, a fixed rate of 3.66%. That's a half percent lower than it had been, so that's cool. And that will run through its maturity in 2027. Um, About the backyard, we've waited a long time to get this far. And it is exciting to begin. If this pandemic has shown us anything, 
It is the value of good outdoor gathering facilities. And so ministries like this, which focus on health, wellness, human connection, and play, this is the core of who we are at Unity, and it's the core of this project. So we pray for anybody who will use that space. We know it will be a blessing to our members, to our partners, and hopefully to you, whoever you are listening to this. We are signing off for now, but thank you for joining us for this update of our backyard space on this episode of Belief Beat. Bye for now.